Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. We've had a stellar year. And what we just saw with our eyes, I'm going to share a little bit in word and numbers. I'm going to try to do that without using these. It's one thing this past year, my eyesight has become a little worse, but my vision has become more clear. Today, like in heaven, we're here to exalt our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, our King of kings and our Lord of lords, and not just for what he does and what he did and what he's going to do, but just for his presence, presence here at Restoration Life Christian Church. The world focuses on a physical pandemic, but you and I, the bride, we focus on a spiritual pandemic. We recognize there's opportunity to share his love, his hope, his joy, his peace, even more now than ever. And how do we do that? We reach, just like the video showed us. We restore, we release. What does that look like here at Restoration Life? Well, every Sunday, four services. We got the 8 a.m. servants service, That's for those of us who serve on Sunday. We come and get filled before we serve. We have two services, 9.30 and 11.30, the English service. And then we have a 2.30 Hispanic service. We do it with a Women's Radiant Conference. We've done it with Youth and Young Adult Commission Tour. Men and Women's Ministries are fully active. And Kids Life Services, One Day LA, Reach Conference, and a Winterfest Performance. We did all this, honored our Lord, and honored our lead pastor's rest with a three-month sabbatical. God is good. Can I get an always? Can I get an amen? amen? I love it. Let's go a little deeper. Let's talk about life groups. They're made up of 10 to 12 people sharing life through the word and applying faith. It's one thing to speak the word. It's another thing to live it. And currently, we have 13 life groups spread out through Redondo, Torrance, Lawndale, and Del Air. And yes, we need more. And yes, God's got more planned. Our DNA growth track, this is where it helps take our faith to the next level and essential to help you in your walk in the faith with Jesus Christ, and to step into a team, a dream team ministry. Our next class begins, as the video said, on February 15th. You invest two hours a week for six weeks. The seventh week is really a celebration, and you do that with all the pastors. You can sign up online, but in 2021, I want you to know we had 85 graduates. Our RLU University, that's where we expand our biblical understanding and knowledge. And presently, we have two classes, a discipleship program and also how to study the Bible. And this last year, we had 94 graduates. Yeah, wow, is right. Our kids' life, that's where we continue to think bigger. Currently, we have 12 leaders, 58 servants, and 118 children each Sunday from nursery to grade school, eighth grade. He's with us in every service, whether it's a funeral service, a baby dedication, weddings, visiting the sick, prayers at city council meetings, conferences, camps, mission tours. Know that Jesus Christ walks among us, his bride, his church, and one day, sooner than later, we'll be taken on a seven-year honeymoon, a thousand-year reign, followed by a home in heaven. Let's measure now what I call the pulse, the temperature, the heart rate, like a doctor does. Those things fluctuate. We have plans but those plans fluctuate because we let the spirit move. And I want you to know that the health of his bride is always dependent on her groom. 
So let's talk about our offerings. I want you to know before I say this one fact, that this is about the time Pastor Eddie and Roxanne came in and came on board. The past 13 years, we've been in the black every year. In accounting, what that means is we didn't spend more than we have. That's a good thing. And to give you some perspective, in 2009, our offerings were at 368000 But today, we projected for our budget around 755000 But God blessed us in an amazing way, and we brought in 844000 Our average weekly offering in 2014, 9,130. But in 2021, we projected it to be around 13,000, and God blessed us with 14,000, almost 15,000. Our Father is always providing for His children. He meets our needs. He's done it again this year. In other words, we are able to invest in areas we needed, and wanted while meeting all our obligations, whether it's loan, employees, health insurance, repairs. We have upgrades, even though we're planning on a future campus here, something bigger, something greater, or maybe somewhere else, we still have to be good stewards of what we have. With any budget, it is a working document, and it's reviewed often, and I want you to know it's reviewed by your leadership and remain steadfast and responsible at making the necessary adjustments. And first and fo foremost, we are reminded that we are dependent on Him. Secondly, we recognize the church. This body moves at the pace of our collective generosity. Our collective generosity. I want you to think let that sink in. It's all about our heart's condition, as Danny had mentioned earlier. And we know that a sick heart makes a sick body. But the Bible puts it this way, for where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. And thirdly, as leaders, we realize, we set the pace. So what that means is that we wouldn't ask you that we wouldn't ask of ourselves. We're all in this together. Regarding our missions, we spend 7% of what we bring in. That's 53,000 a year to places like Germany and Iraq and Kurdistan and Africa and Mexico and the United States through Kathy Wagner's ministry, Outreach Children's Ministry. It's a park ministry. And I would say she's had close to 50 children come to Christ and families that come into this body. Destiny Rescue, we support that as well. And they've had 2,175 rescues, 81 raids, and 146 arrests. And we're part of that. This year, with the help of One Day LA, them using our campus and facility and our service, we fed over 2,000 plus families in this area. Let's talk about our loan for a second. We started at 575000 with that loan. And over the course of the years, and today, at 2021, our loan balance is now 197000 That could be one donor, or it could be two donors at 98000 Or what about 200 donors at 985000 and the debt would be gone. That would be pleasing to the Lord. Our current loan is 5.9%, just so you know. Let's talk about baptisms. In 2015, we had 84 baptisms. That's averaging seven a month. That's in 2015. That was our highest ever. But in 2021, with everything going on, we're about halfway there. We had 47 baptisms. In the last eight years, I added up, that's 386 souls added to the Lamb's Book of Life. 
Our God makes the impossible possible. He specializes in bringing the dead to life. And when all seems helpless, he makes it hopeful. He takes the upside down, we're all born that way, and turns it right side up. He takes the natural and shapes it through the supernatural. The ordinary transforms into the extraordinary. And as we look at the past year, we can be hopeful for the future, realizing, and we must realize this, his presence is with us now. If we continue to know Jesus Christ and make him known that the faithful church he speaks of in Revelation is this church, Restoration Life. And I leave you with this short prayer, this instruction in the Bible, a revelation of the future as we move into 2022. And aren't you glad we're moving forward and upwards? Because it says this, and the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Can you stand to your feet? We're going to praise the Lord in prayer. And then we're going to give him the loudest standing ovation we've ever experienced with what we have here. We want to bring down heaven here on earth tonight, today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this. You're so good in so many ways. The things you've done, the things you do, and the things you will do. But specifically and mostly, we are helpless and hopeless without you. And it's your presence that we desire most. It's that love and that forgiveness we've been given. And we thank you for that as we move our way. In your mighty your holy, your precious name, our Lord, our Savior. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we all say, let's give it out. Amen. God's been good. Yeah. Right on. I don't know. You know, Jericho's walls fell, but we got a lot of walls to break down, and I think that's going to happen in 2022, not just with us individually, but all of us collectively here in this community and abroad. So while you're standing, continue to clap as we greet Pastor Eddie to the podium and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Wow. I, I think we should have just let Pastor Don go, because... What a great report. Aren't you tired of hearing bad news? Aren't you glad that you can come to church and hear the good news? Come on. What an incredible year that we've had here at Restoration Life. And uh, before we go any further, I have to take the time to say thank you um, to everyone that makes up the body of Christ here at Restoration Life. Honestly, Everything that you saw take place in that recap video and on all those announcements, um, God has done that through all of you. And I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody that serves on team, that volunteers, the leaders, the executive team, the pastoral team, the dream team leads. Come on, let's give them a big round. Can we just stand, maybe give them a standing ovation this morning? Nothing is possible without the bride collectively working together for the glory of God. Come on, give them a big round of applause. Thank you guys so much for all that you do. I really wish you knew all the ins and outs of what it takes for our church to do what it does together as the bride of Christ from a recap video like that. Not only did it, it probably took probably over a week to make that. And uh, the media team, the social media team that keeps you updated all the time, the recap videos, the security team that watches over our families and is very vigil over our children and they're, they're patrolling the grounds and making sure that our families are safe in, in the midst of a, of a crazy world. To, to the people that work on staff, kids' life teams, come on, kids' life teams just loving our children and being there for our children. And, and, and also for those of you that have sown in generosity, I, I've said this to our team and you're going to hear this a lot. We move at the pace of your generosity. We're able to do uh, what your generosity allows us to do. And, and it's not just in finances, but it's also in time and gifting as well. So we move at that pace as well. We can do more ministry 
if you're more generous with your time. We can, we can reach more people if, if you're generous um, with your finances. We can do more things for the glory of God if you're generous with your gifting. And that all happens here within the body of Christ. We don't hire outside. We disciple within and raise up people from within. And we believe that wholeheartedly because we never want anybody to have this hireling spirit where they go where the opportunity is and where the money is. They, what they do is they go where the calling is. And this is where the calling is for those that have been reached by Restoration Life Church. And so I'm just privileged. My wife and I are privileged. I know I speak on behalf of all of our leaders and staff that we truly are in the most dynamic, spirit-filled church in the South Bay. And we give God all the glory for that. I was just thinking about life groups because we've been talking about life groups for, for a long time. Even before I went on sabbatical, we were talking to the leaders about life groups. It's also good to have pastors Jesse and Alini Posner in the house with us this morning. And family, it's a pleasure to have you guys with us. Always good to see you guys come back home and uh, stay for a little while. And, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's great to be around family. I love seeing all my family go home after, after dinner. Praise God. Anyways. Um, thinking about life groups, um, our church um, has around 13 or 14 life groups at this time before COVID, pre-COVID. We probably had a little over 20 life groups. And in a church our size, I'm just going to put this out there, a church our size needs at least 50 life groups, a minimal of 50 life groups. And let me tell you why. Because a part of our value here at Restoration Life is community. Community is our blessing. And it's hard for people to connect in a space that's already overflowing with families and friends. And so I'm gonna put the challenge out to those of you that wanna open your home to a life group, to host a life group, or for those of you that have been a part of Restoration Life and you've taken our DNA, you've gone through ROU, you know that you know that you know that God could use you to reach people for the glory of God. What does a life group leader do? A life group leader basically does is they host an environment where God can move and community can take place. In the midst of that, they share through an outline what the Sunday message has been, and they have a great conversation about how that message resonated with them, how that looks like biblically for their lives, and it's just a good time to pray. This is where community takes place. And so I know a lot of times, a lot of people, they see people online gathering together, connecting with one another. I want you to know that a lot of that happens in life group. A lot of that happens on dream team. A lot of that happens through all the outlets that we have here at Restoration Life. But reality is nobody should ever feel alone at Restoration Life because we've made a way for everybody to connect in community. Now with that being said, we need more places of connection and we wanna raise up more leaders here at Restoration Life. And so be on the lookout for some announcements going out for you to be able to open up your home for a life group or to, to be discipled and raised up as a life group leader because we don't want anybody at our church to ever feel like they're alone or not a part of a connect group. Can somebody say amen to that? Come on, community is our blessing, but in order for it to be a blessing, we gotta live in community. And so we want to encourage you guys to live in community that way. Um, I, I wish I could have you all at my house all, that all the time, uh, but I can't. A anyways, uh, and neither can anybody else. We also want to lift up the Gonzalez family in prayer. We know that um, the kids um, had gotten COVID, and, and, and we know that, that God is still on the throne, that God's going to heal you and restore you, and we're grateful for everyone that has made it out today. The 11.30 service is, usually is filled with party animals that stayed up really late at night. And so how many of you guys celebrate on the 24th, on Christmas Eve? Raise your hand. That's a good, good portion of you. How many of you guys celebrate on Christmas Day? Raise your hand. Okay, how many of you celebrate both days just because you like to party? Come on. But it's good to have you in the house this morning. If you have your Bibles, open to Luke chapter 1. And verse, we're going to start in verse 25. So open your Bibles, click on your app, wherever you find yourself. Um, I want to pull out some biblical truths out of a very popular Christmas story found in Luke chapter 1, verse 25, and some of the other Gospels. Um, I want to draw some things out of this Christmas story that I think, that I know. Let me rephrase that. 
that I know that we can apply to our lives as believers in Jesus. Um, because when you look at the birth of Jesus, the birth of Jesus is unlike any other birth in all of human history. Uh, it's not over dramatic or exaggerated to say that it literally split time in two places. You have the BC before Christ, the AD, the after death, or in the Greek, Anno Domini, which literally means after the death of Christ. And so our world has forever been changed and transformed by the birth of Jesus. And when the Magi saw the star uh, over Bethlehem, it announced to the world that a savior was being born, that he was on his way. I'm also reminded this morning that Mary is the one person on the planet who was probably closer to Jesus than anybody else ever was. Because to Mary, Jesus wasn't just a savior, but it was her son. He was her son. Jesus was not just almighty God manifested in the flesh. Jesus was also a helpless baby boy that she protected from King Herod. Um, Mary was more than likely a teenager. When you study this out, you'll know that teenagers were betrothed at a very young age. And so she was more than likely a very young teenager when she gave birth to Jesus. And I, also, I, I know that, 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 that a lot of Christians belittle Mary's position in all of this. And some others would magnify Mary to the um, strength of a deity. But the reality is, is that Mary was a common, ordinary young girl, young teenage girl. Um, outside of God's calling on her life, outside of God having favor upon her life, Mary was just as ordinary as any one of us in this room right now. There wasn't anything very, she wasn't like a princess that was born in a lineage of kings and queens with an inheritance to a kingdom. She wasn't a, a financial mogul in the community. She wasn't really well known at all. Basically, she was a young teenage girl that lived sanctified and set apart for her purpose to be married to her betrothed husband that goes by the name of Joseph. Is everybody tracking with me so far? So Mary wasn't, is, wasn't then and isn't now a deity that we pray to. Let me clarify some things for all of my family that has come out of the the, the Catholic realm that I was raised in. Mary is not a God, and Mary doesn't pray on your behalf. The Bible is very clear. Only Jesus intercedes at the throne room of God on our behalf. She's a woman to be honored as a saint of heaven, just like every Christian that's been born again and blood-bought by Jesus is a saint of heaven in this room this morning. But Mary is not to be prayed to. How do I know that? Because God said, you will have no other gods before me. That's how I know that, because I listen to what the Bible says, right? Not to what man says, but what to the Bible says. And so the Bible is very clear. We will not make any graven images that we pray to or honor or bless or use as some kind of miraculous miracle pendant or good luck charm. We only pray to the one and true God, and his name is Jesus Christ. Okay, everybody tracking with me so far. So Mary is common, she's ordinary, but there's something special about Mary because she had to have been a Jew and she had to have been a, 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 a virgin to be used and to be looked down favorably upon by God. And so this morning I wanna look at this story and I wanna extract three strong biblical truths that I believe that you and I can apply to our life and recognize that just as God used Mary to birth a miracle, can I suggest to you this morning that just maybe God can use your life to birth a miracle through you? Amen. To birth a miracle through you. Luke chapter one, verse 26 through 28, or 38 says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now for those of you that didn't know, Mary's cousin, um, Elizabeth, was pregnant at the same time that she was pregnant, only she was pregnant three months ahead of her, and she was pregnant with Jesus' cousin, um, John, which you will grow to know that this becomes John the Baptist, 
that prepares the way for Jesus, the Messiah. So God, the Bible says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Now, when I say David, it's King David, the same David that killed Goliath. Okay, that's the same David. Joseph is a direct descendant of King David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you, greetings, you who are, are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. How many are with me on this and are with Mary on this that if an angel stepped into your room and was like, Lena, you are blessed and highly favored. Lena would probably be like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Right? Now, you got to imagine, Mary's probably somewhere between 14 and 17 years of age when the angel appears to her and says, you're blessed and highly favored, girl. How do I know the angel talked to her that way? I'll get to that in just a minute. (laughs) Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Look at somebody tell him, don't be afraid. And then he says, Mary, you have found favor with God. Look at somebody else and tell him, you found favor with God. So remember those those two sentences. Don't be afraid. You found favor with God. Don't be afraid. You found favor with God. But Mary was greatly troubled. And he said, don't be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Chewy. No, Jesus. (laughs) Yeshua. And he will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. Then Mary asked, how will this be? How is it even possible? She said to the angel, since I am a what? She's a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the one that will be born will be called the Son of God. Let's pray for just a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your living word. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for a room filled with devoted sons and daughters of heaven. Lord, I just pray that you speak to us this morning. I pray that you speak to everyone watching online. And even now in this very moment, I'm reminded of young Desi who broke his arm. I pray for healing and restoration on the Maciel home right now. And I pray also for the Gonzalez family God, for complete and total healing of all COVID in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, for every family that's represented here and everyone that's struggling through difficulty, God, that you would reveal to them this morning that they are blessed and they are highly favored because your presence is with us in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted. Come on, give God another big shout of praise this morning. I want to make the first of three statements, and I didn't get to do it in the, in the first service, but I hope to, to be able to do it today. The first statement that I want to make to you, something that we could extract from this story, is that God uses ordinary people Amen. to give birth to his extraordinary purpose. Let me say that again. God uses ordinary people to give birth to his extraordinary purpose. We're told in Scripture that the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a virgin that was promised to a man by the name of Joseph, and that virgin's name is Mary. Now, the issue of her sexual innocence is of enormous significance because besides the necessity of being a Jewish woman to be the Messiah's father, she had to be a virgin. It was an absolute requirement for God to use this young girl. Now, what does it mean to be a virgin. I know most of you don't remember. It's okay. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. God makes all things brand new. Come on. If you've been born again, you became a virgin all over again. 
I know the society that I live in. I know the culture that we live in. But what was it about Mary's life that she had to be a virgin? Well, when you think about virginity, you think about it like a treasure. It's something to be treasured. It's something to be protected. It's something to be honored. Come on, somebody say amen. And it's something that carries a purpose along with it. In the Apostles' Creed, an early creed of the Christian faith, it affirms that Jesus Christ was confirmed and conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin by the name of Mary. And if this belief is true, it means that Jesus' entrance into human history isn't just a tad different, but it's completely unique. Right? I understand the science of today. Right? But 2,000 years ago, there is absolutely no way Mary would become pregnant by immaculate conception outside of a miracle of heaven. Now today, we have different scientific ways of helping women that have had difficulty bearing children um, to be artificially inseminated. But this wasn't an artificial insemination. This was a supernatural insemination by the Holy Spirit to bring forth God manifested in the flesh. And so why is it that Mary needed to be a virgin? Because based on what we understand about virginity, she had to be holy, she had to be pure, she had to be consecrated, and she had to be set apart, she had to be Jewish, and she had to be a woman. Are you understanding what I'm saying right now? Her consecration was to Joseph. She betrothed herself to this man by the name of Joseph, and so Joseph would inherit her consecration as a treasure and a blessing because she had never been with another man, just Joseph. And so God chooses this teenage girl, he sets her apart, he sanctifies her for his own purpose, and he does a miracle in her to birth a miracle through her. Is everybody tracking with me so far? This is the beauty of what we see in the Christmas story. C.S. Lewis wrote it this way. Some people to, set, to have an idea that belief in miracles arose at a period of time when men were so ignorant of the course of nature that they did not perceive a miracle to be contrary to it. No, no doubt the modern gynecologist uh, uh, knows several things about birth and begetting which Joseph did not know. But those things do not concern the main point that a virgin birth is contrary to the course of nature, and Joseph obviously knew that. There has to be no question that the child born from her womb was entirely a manifestation of God's almighty miracle-working power. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Dr. Jack Hayford, one of my heroes of faith, wrote in his book, The Christmas Miracle, some astounding things. Number one, only a begotten son sired outside of Adam's race, yet begotten within it, could become the holy lamb of God for sacrifice. Only God becoming flesh would be adequate to rewrite Genesis and to break the curse on Adam's seed and become the founder of the new creation, the second Adam. Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 15, 21. He says, for since by man came death, for since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. In other words, because of Adam's sin, everyone on the planet inherited that sin and lived in sin and separated by God. But because of Jesus, the second birth of the second Adam, now resurrected to life, now gives us the ability to be born again into a new kingdom without sin, and our destiny is heaven. All praise and glory goes to Jesus Christ. And so the virgin teaches us that God is not as interested in our abilities as we are in our obedience and our availability for him to use. Let me say this to some of you, because when you look at Mary's life, when you look at Mary's life, she had a lot 
a lot of liabilities. Think about this with me. She's a teenage girl. She's probably between 14 and 17 years old. Is there any parent worth their weight of salt in parenting that would hand keys over from a car to a 14-year-old girl to drive around in the city? No, why? Because she's a liability or a teenage boy. Any parent just say, your son, your 15-year-old son, hey, dad, let me take the car out for a spin on Friday night. Of course you're going to say no. Why? Because they're a liability. Even insurances know that. Kids that get their driver's license at 17 and 18 years old, their insurance is skyrocketing. Why? Because they're a liability. People that go in for health insurance, when you have, when you have pre-existing conditions, like you're, you got to pay more. Why? Because your health condition is a liability. There are things that we do and don't do at Restoration Life based on how big the liability is. So whenever there's a massive liability, you tend to just refrain from using that, that venue or that availability um, to do what God has put on your heart to do. Why? Because it's a great liability. One reason she was a great liability is because she's young. And at that time, come on, she had barely, barely transitioned out of puberty, and now she's, she's pregnant with the Redeemer. Think about this with me. Who in their right mind thinks it's okay for a teenage girl to be pregnant with the Savior of all mankind? She's a massive liability, but God knows better than we do. Right? She was a massive, so she was young. Let me say this to all the young people in the house. She was young, and God still saw in her the availability and the purity and the holiness to be used by him to fulfill his purpose. David was a young man when he was called by God, tending sheep. He ended up taking out Goliath and establishing the throne room of God on planet Earth through his son, King Solomon. But he was a teenage boy. Young men and young women, hear me clearly. God can use your life. Don't ever look down on your age. Look up to God and say, God, here am I. How can you use me? And I guarantee you, God says, live pure, live holy, live consecrated, and I can birth a miracle through your life. Mary was a liability that God saw fit to use her because she had set herself apart from every other young lady in her region. Secondly, she was poor. Can God use poor people? We, re- we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 22, that when Jesus was born, that, that they were taking him to the temple. And when you take a child to the temple to get circumcised and to be devoted to God, because you, you don't see any, any, any babies getting baptized in Scripture. They're dedicated to God, and they're circumcised as a covenant between them and God. And so they take Jesus, baby Jesus, to the temple to have him circumcised and dedicated to the Lord. And you would have to take a a lamb and a dove for a sin offering. Well, we know by the story that Joseph and Mary couldn't even afford a lamb. And if you couldn't afford a lamb and you were extremely broke, that you can bring two turtle doves. Everybody tracking with me? The Bible is very clear that they brought in two doves. Why? Because they were broke. They were broke. They didn't have a lot of money. In fact, Jesus saw fit to use a lot of people that didn't have a lot of money. All throughout scripture, you'll see like the woman with with the the, the last penny that she had, right? The widow's mite. You've heard the story, right? There was an offering that was taken up. This woman brought in all that she had. It was just a couple pennies in comparison to the thousands and maybe millions that everybody else gave. And Jesus looked at it and said, this woman gave more than everybody else. Why? Because it wasn't in the amount that they gave. It was in the heart that they gave it in. Right? And so when we think about it, does God use poor people? Yes. Does God use rich people? Yes. God can use whoever God wants to use. Right? So we know that she was, there was a liability attached to her because she was young. We know that she was poor. And the other thing is that she was from Nazareth. Nazareth was the hood. Nazareth, Nazareth wasn't like Hermosa Beach. It wasn't Redondo Beach. It wasn't Manhattan Beach. It was more like Lawndale. 
It's a little bit of hood. How do we know that, that, that Bethlehem was the hood? Well, because they was in Nazareth. And Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? This is what the, the prophet said. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I would say, can any good, anything good come out of Lawndale? Can anything good come out of the South Bay? Can anything good come out of Los Angeles? The answer to that is yes, absolutely. That's why I know the angel talked to her the way that he talked to her. Remember that, that in John 1, 46, Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So Mary was young, she was poor, and she was from Nazareth. She was from the projects. But God. But God chose to use this young consecrated life that would honor God with her body, with her mind, with her heart. God chose Mary and he teaches us that no matter who you are, where you come from, how much you have or how much you don't have, God wants to birth a miracle through your life. Just the way he used Mary's vessel to birth Jesus, I believe that today God is still birthing miracles through his children. Just the way God used Mary and he looked down on Mary and said, you are blessed and highly favored because you have consecrated yourself. You've decided to live holy and set apart from everybody else. I'm going to touch you with my Holy Spirit and I'm going to birth something miraculous out of your life. Listen, when you hear the gospel and you respond to Jesus and you surrender to God, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. You consecrate yourself. You set yourself aside for a purpose. Then the Holy Spirit, like he did in the book of Acts, is poured out of heaven is poured down on you and you are able to receive it why because you are blessed and highly favored and God begins to move in and through your life don't you tell me God can't use you don't you tell me I'm too poor or I'm too rich or I'm too this or I'm too that the Bible constantly proves over and over again that God takes the ordinary and he uses them in the extraordinary for his glory. Because it's not by your works, it's not by your strength, it's not by your looks, but it's by the blood of Jesus moving in and through your spirit. Can somebody give God maybe just a big shout of praise for just a moment? I love it when I see God using young people. I love it when I see nightlife thriving and that's a move of God. Nightlife is a move of God. Amen. It's a move of God. But let me talk to the 30-somethings and the 40-somethings and the 50-somethings and the 60-somethings. Don't think God is done with you. He's not done. Look at somebody tell them God's not done with using your life. You're not out of this race. You haven't arrived. You're not finished. We got work to do in 2022. Come on. We got work to do. And we can't let the youngsters have all the fun. Some of you are like, I'm retired. No, you're not. You better refire. You better refire this morning. Here's the problem with some older generations. We abort the move of God because we see God moving through a younger generation. And we abort the birthing of that miracle. Look, I'm 52 years old and I still want to see God move. I still want to see the Holy Spirit poured out. I still want to see revival in the South Bay. I still want to see Los Angeles come to know Jesus the way that Nineveh came to know Jesus where, where all the leaders repented. God, I pray that Newsom repents and gives his life to you. Come on. I want to see, does anybody in this house want to see revival? Does anybody want to see a move of God in 2022? Then we have to respond with, here I am, God, use me. Here I am, God, send me. I might be a little chubby, but I can still move. I might be a little old, but I can still preach. I might be a little bit older than some, but I can still disciple and raise up some young people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
God is still looking for leaders at Restoration Life. Future pastors and church plants of Restoration Life. Future campuses of Restoration Life. And it's not going to come because we're going to hire somebody on the outside. We're going to disciple with all of our values and the scriptures and the presence of God and raise up leaders. Don't disqualify yourself. Well, I can't wear ripped jeans. We don't want you wearing ripped jeans. Just be you. Just be you and reach your generation. You know, the Bible's very clear. Older men teach younger men how to serve God. Older women teach younger women how to serve God. Let them know that the beauty that they carry is not in their outward appearance, but what they carry on the inside. Forget about what social media says. Social media is fake, filled with filters and junk. Only Jesus is real. Only the presence of God is real. I'm not talking to anybody. Titus chapter 3. Okay, I got to bring this so close. See, I didn't get to my second and third point. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 through 6 is, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Does that sound like anybody? But when the kindness and the love of our God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration, come on, and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior Jesus still saves. He still transforms. And he wants to birth a miracle through you. Out of all the kings and queens, out of all the princesses and princes, out of all the sons and daughters, God saw fit to use Joseph and Mary. God chose a poor teenager from a town with a bad reputation to be the mother of his son, Jesus Christ. I'm so blown away by this story because you have to ask, if God can use Mary with all her liabilities, then that means that God can use me. God can use me. We know his word. We know his presence. We know his direction. We know what he wants from us as a church. God, I need to consecrate myself so that you can birth something beautiful that's pure and holy to come out of my life. But that only happens through obedience to Jesus. Obedience to Jesus. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 5, 5 and 7, says, be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under almighty, the almighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Here's my second point, and I'm going to close with this. No matter what problems you face coming out of 2021 and going into 2022, I want you to know that God will always see you through. Amen. He'll always see you through. Gabriel appeared and said, greetings, favor." Highly favored woman, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Amen. Look at somebody tell them, the Lord is with you. Amen. You know, I think about, I think about where you're at this morning. Whether you're watching online or you're here with us live. We're in a move of God. In fact, the theme for 2022 is move. Because I believe that God wants to take us, take us all from where we were to where he wants us to be. From where we were to where he wants us to be. And I honestly believe this with all my heart, with all my soul. That God didn't rescue you from darkness. That God didn't save you from your past and your sin and your brokenness. To have you come into an amazing church in the South Bay and sit in the pew and receive all this wonderful truth and grace to not do anything with it for the rest of your life. I'm one of those guys that honestly believes that when God saved you, when God rescued you, when God delivered you and set you free, that he baptized you with his presence through the Holy Spirit. And in that baptism, not only did you receive a seal 
until the day that he comes or takes you home. But you receive the gift from heaven. A gift that isn't for you, but for everybody else. And just like in the book of Acts chapter 2, they were being obedient to what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He said, go into Jerusalem and wait for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he's going to come upon you. And when he comes upon you, there's going to be power. And when that power comes upon you, you're going to be bold. And you're going to share the gospel in Judea, Samaria, to the rest of the planet. Here we are 2,000 years later. We think back at the 120 that were in that upper room. He spoke this word to well over 500 people, but only 120 showed up. And they were the ones that experienced the fire of Pentecost. Now, I still believe that that baptism of fire is alive and well today. And in case you didn't know it, this church is a spirit-filled church that believes in the outpouring of the presence and the power of God. And no, you're not going to give birth to a Savior because that already took place. But you will give birth to a miracle that God wants to do through your life. When you lay hands on somebody and they're healed, that's the birthing of a miracle. When you share your testimony and start reaching the lost with the gospel and they respond with, I want to get saved, I need Jesus, that is the birth of a miracle. You're sitting next to miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle that God has reached through this body of believers. And I dare say... I wonder if there's anybody in this church right now that would say, God, I pray that you look highly favored upon me and that you would pour out your presence on my life to be used for your glory in 2022. And if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet and say, no matter what happens, come what may, God, I'm going to consecrate myself. I'm going to separate myself so that you can use my life, so you can deposit your blessing, your presence, your power, your gifting on my life so that I may glorify you till the day you come or you take me home. And if that's you and you're standing to your feet or you raise your hand, I want you to come to this altar and I want you to lift your hands and surrender to Jesus. We're going to lay hands on every single one of you, all the pastors, all the leaders, everyone that's on Dream Team. If you come to this front altar section, we're just going to believe God that he would that he would baptize you with fire this morning. Maybe maybe you're a little lukewarm this morning in your spirit. Maybe your walk isn't where it needs to be and you just need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar. We're going to sing a song of worship. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to speak life over you and we're just going to believe God's baptism of fire to come upon you because how many would say, hey God, here I am. Use me. Come on. Here I am, God. Use me. Raise your hands. Here I am. Here I am. Sing this song out to the Lord. Jesus, if you're a leader, if you're a pastor, if you're, you're an executive leader, life group leader, would you come and help us pray this morning?
not saying that the time for excuses is over. The time for excuses are over. No more saying, I'm not good enough. No more saying, I don't carry enough. No more saying, I'm not available enough. No more saying, I'm not gifted like they are. Allowing the enemy to use comparison to abort God's purpose for your life. But God is going to pour himself out over the next couple of weeks in such a tangible and special way that if you'll consecrate yourself and live in holiness as unto the Lord, that you can see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And it's not going to come by way of the leaders in our church. It's going to come from the church as a whole. Because everybody's moving in the spirit, not the flesh. Everybody's moving in obedience, not in disobedience. Everybody is setting themselves apart, not to be better than anybody else, but to be prepared for what God wants to birth through us. And if we'll do that as a church, and if we'll do that as a movement, with all of our church plants and campuses and network, I really believe that we can see Los Angeles come to Jesus. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what it would be like when the government surrenders itself to the power of heaven? Could you imagine your aunts and your uncles that have been broken and living in addiction and, and hurt and pain? Be fully restored by the presence of the love of God. Not because pastor went to visit them, but because you went and visited them. Carrying the presence of God. Carrying the miracle working power. I believe that for our church. And I believe that for our future. And we're so honored that you are Restoration Life.